Welcome to the Simplify Jesus Podcast. We're your hosts, Matt Gunter and Bill Allen, and together we are breaking barriers through communication. Well, welcome back, everyone, to another exciting episode of Simplify Jesus. Last week we talked about, well, we're still in Moses, just for any of you that haven't been around in a little bit. Yeah. Um, But last week we talked about Moses and the Israelites in their first days in the wilderness as they came out of Egypt. And as we all do, right, there were times they grumbled from not having what they needed. But as he always does, God always came through and provided for them. So whether it be water or food in the form of manna, there was always something for them. So they didn't have to worry about it. Unfortunately, they were attacked by the Amalekites, but thanks to God, again, giving Moses the, um, what would we call that? The gift of, he was almost like an orchestra conductor, right? Arms up? Yeah, arms yeah, yeah, arms, arms up, up with staff, yeah. <laughs> as long as he kept his arms up, they were winning, so yeah. they had that going for him. But that happened, and they prevailed over the Amalekites, and then, uh, Later on, Jethro, who is Moses' father-in-law, uh, came and gave Moses some sage wisdom about leadership and the need to delegate his tasks to mm-hmm. the elders and the leaders in the community. Also sage wisdom for all of us, right? So this week, we're moving on to the most famous, the most well-known story in the Bible. There's been movies made about it. But now today, we're going to talk about the Ten Commandments and the Law. Uh, from Exodus 19 through 31. We've talked about this before, mm-hmm. looking back at what, season one, right? I think we did, it's either season one or season two, but yeah, we did a couple episodes kind of going through the Ten Commandments. Yeah. 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 Just talking about the, the law and the and what we're supposed to do and what we're not supposed to do. And today we get to talk about how that... Um, has kind of changed for us yeah. today as we as we go through how it was originally how it originally came about. So take it away, Matt. Yes, I, after leaving Rephidim, right, Jethro came in, gave Moses some some good wisdom, and then uh, they went their separate ways. And uh, Moses, following God's leadership, uh, led the Israelites into the Sinai wilderness. So they get there, and God is he kind of. Uh, leads Moses up, up Mount Sinai a little ways, and God gave him a special message for the people in Exodus 19 verses 4 through 6. He says, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you will listen carefully to me and keep my covenant, although the whole earth is mine, you will be my own possession out of all the peoples, although the whole earth is mine, and you will be kingdom of priests and my holy nation. These are the words that you are to say to the Israelites. And so God was encouraging them and saying, look, I I created everything. It's all mine. Uh, Everything belongs to me. But you, Israelites, are going to be my chosen people. You're the children of the promise, right? Going all the way back to Abraham, if you've been keeping up with us there. You guys are the ones that I picked out. uh, And and you're going to be set apart to be different from all of the nations around them. So can we talk about set apart real quick? Because... I never knew what that meant, you know, in my pre, pre-Christ pre years. Mm-hmm. And actually, I'm gonna, no, if I'm going to be real about it, I didn't really learn what that meant up until maybe a year ago, really, mm-hmm. because I hadn't heard it much. I'm hearing it more and more here lately, though, because maybe because of the way the world's going. <laughs> yeah. But 
that is the literal definition of what it means to be holy. Yeah. And I never, never knew that. And it just means to be set apart. God is set mm-hmm. apart from us because he is all-knowing, omniscient. What are all those yeah. four words? Yeah. Uh, omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent, and there's one more. Yeah, there is. What is that? I forget. I can't remember. Omnipresent? So there's omnipresent. You said He's that. everywhere. There's omnipotent, uh, which is... He's all powerful. Mm-hmm. No, omnipotence, all knowing. So yeah, so we found it here. Omnipotence is God is all powerful. Omnipresence is God is everywhere. Omnibenevolence, harder to say. God is all loving and omniscient. Omniscience. Mm-hmm. Omniscience is God is all knowing. Yeah. So all powerful. He's everywhere. All loving and all knowing. Uh, and that's that absolutely sets him apart from us, right? Yeah. We're none of those things. Yeah. Not even in a group of 50 people are we those things, right? <laughs> right. can't be. So we're called, believe it or not, and I've heard this called, oh, you're, self- you're self-righteous, you're, you know, all of this negativity around it. But we are called to be holy. Yeah. We're called to be set apart from people who don't follow Christ. And I know that probably doesn't make much sense unless you have really mm-hmm. kind of dug into this for a little while. but. It's really not as hard as it seems. Yeah, and and I think you know we sometimes we talk about um, God is like He can't be around sin, He can't look upon sin. Like that's this is really what we're talking about is that He is He is truly set apart in that. I mean, it's it's hard to describe without using the same words to describe. But He's holy, He's righteous, right? He's He doesn't have sin, and therefore He is set apart. And so our call, like you said, we as Christians are called to be set apart. Not that we're ever going to be perfect, but we're called to be different. Mm-hmm. Like we shouldn't just blend in with the world around us. Um, we, you know, Jesus says to be in the world, but not of the world, right? That's that's what all of that means. That's that's really what being set apart is all about. Is is we're we're supposed to be different. And and the righteous side of things, even that is not in our own righteousness. Right. We don't. Here's the thing I, I think that I've heard most of. Oh, you think you're just holier than thou. And you just think you're all better than everybody. And and you know what? Honestly, I do try to be better. I do try to be better than <laughs> what I was before. Right. Not other people. I'm not any better than anybody else. I'm a sinner just mm-hmm. like everybody else. What sets me apart is my relationship with Christ. Right. And that is what makes me holy. And that's what makes me righteous it is not of my own doing it's what he did yeah because because the barometer is christians is christ right like what him living his perfect life is what we should all be striving for it's the same thing we're going to be talking about today where when god establishes the law that's the standard but nobody can hit that Mm -hmm. and so being set apart is 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 striving to be that way and being countercultural and trying to do that but also understanding that we can't Everybody who has, uh, even for a minute, tried to emulate Christ knows that it ain't going to happen. You're, you're not going to hit that. But because we have because we have Christ inside of us, that's the only way we can do good things is through him. Like the only way we can work through sin and, and have that out of us is through him. No. Exactly. No. So, carry on, sir. So, <laughs> so, so God has called them to be set apart, right? And so Moses took this message from God to the elders that he had just appointed at Jethro's instruction, which, hey, putting, putting thoughts into action, right? That's always good things, good leadership stuff there. And so God then instructed them to cleanse themselves and consecrate themselves, which, which really means 
prepare yourself to be in the presence of God in, in a holy setting. So back when Moses approached the burning bush, God told him, hey, take off your sandals because you're standing on holy ground, right? It's it's that kind of mindset. So he's telling him, hey, basically clean up shop and God's coming to town. Get yourself right. And not not just like physical clean, but like get your mind right, all that kind of stuff. We've got a long way to go through all of this. Yeah. And I've got a lot of thoughts through all of this. Um, <laughs> so forgive me if I'm overly interrupting you today. Uh-huh. You're um, good. But do you think God needed that? We always say as a church, come as you are. Mm-hmm. Do you think God needed people to be cleansed and consecrated? And, you know, do you think it physically or emotionally or spiritually hurt God that Moses didn't take off his sandals? Or if he didn't? You know, I think what it probably boils down to, so the answer is no. I, I don't think that, that God had to do that. But I think in making that a requirement, when when they did that, it was a confirmation that we understand that this is God coming in. This is a big deal, right? It's kind of like we talk about the fear of the Lord, fearing God. It's It's not a... I'm afraid that he's going to smite me, although some people feel that way. Hmm. Um, but but it's a it's a reverence thing, and and I think that's what this is all about. Is God's God's giving them instruction to help them understand, like, no, this is a big deal. Like, you should approach with reverence. Now, what exactly that looks like? They had rituals and all that kind of stuff to prepare them for that. But it's really more of a heart issue than it is anything else. I kind of set you up for that because yeah. I, I knew the answer, <laughs> and and I agree completely with you. Yeah. You know, I wanted to to make a point that we just said God is the the four omnis, right? He's yeah. he's all knowing, he's everything to everything. Just like he doesn't need us praying to him. He knows everything. He yeah. knows what we're thinking. Yeah. So why do we need to pray? Do you think that might be for our benefit? Just maybe. <laughs> just maybe. Yeah. So exactly. We're going to get into a lot more of these kinds of things and these mm-hmm. kinds of thoughts as we move forward through the laws and just as a heads up if you're reading along, we're not going to get extremely detailed in the coming episodes with all those laws. No. Um, so don't be scared of the next few episodes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to, we're going to make it interesting because yeah. reading those is not interesting. <laughs> yeah. And, and our mission is to really talk about the stories, right? right. That's, and so we're, we'll talk about what, is, what the laws are um, and they do matter, but it's not, uh, not what we're going for today. Right. For sure. Again, carry on, sir. So in Exodus 19, verse 16 through 18, we see the presence of God coming down. It says, On the third day when morning came, there was thunder and lightning, a thick cloud on the mountain, and a very loud blast from the ram's horn, so that all people in the camp shuddered. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was completely enveloped in smoke, because the Lord came down on it in fire. Its smoke went up like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain shook violently. God's making quite the entrance here, you know, and we, we talk about preparing your heart. I wonder too, if that's part of it, that God's like, I'm about to do something big. You may want to get yourself ready. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, it could, could be part of that too. But the Israelites after this happened, um, were instructed, God instructed Moses to pass along to them. Don't come on the mountain while God's here. Don't come on. Um, the only person who was allowed to go up the mountain to commune with God in this way with Moses himself. And so we find out that the reason he made these big interests and the reason he did all of this was so he could give Moses what we now know as the Ten Commandments. This was his opportunity basically for God to instruct Moses. These are the things that I expect from this community that's set apart and this community that's going to be my people. 
So just a brief overview of the Ten Commandments here uh, real quick. The first one is to have no other gods beside me. So other cultures worshipped different gods. You know, the Egyptians had their set of gods that they worshipped and, you know, Greek mythology, all that kind of stuff, right? But God said, look, those gods aren't real. They're not the real deal. You you worship me alone. The second one is don't make idols. Don't craft something and then worship it. Not okay. Third one, don't misuse or take God's name in vain. This is one that we kind of talk about it as far as like a, using God's name like a curse word. But really, it, it also kind of gets into don't invoke God's name for something that's not about him, right? It's don't... Well, Jesus talks about it, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but not to, you know, don't make promises that you can't keep. Don't say, well, I promise to God, da 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 Like, no, don't do not do that. Just speak the truth. Let your yes be yes, no be no. That's how Jesus says it. So don't misuse or take God's name in vain. Fourth one is to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. So we talked a little bit about that. I think it was last week and the, the importance of the Sabbath rest and when God gave them manna to have the seventh day that they didn't collect any. Number five, honor your father and mother. I think it's really cool that that's one of the Ten Commandments. And it's not just talking about kids while they're still living at home with their parents, but just in general to honor your father and mother, respect your elders. Very important and something that's probably missing in today's culture a good bit. Number six, do not murder. That was pretty self-explanatory. Do not commit adultery. Number seven, eight, do not steal. Number nine, do not lie. And the number 10, don't covet your neighbor and what he or she has. So back half is pretty self-explanatory. But if you if you have any questions about these, you're kind of wondering, huh, I wonder what that's all about. Go back and check out episodes 35 and 36 from February of 22, February of this year. We did a two-episode, a two-part episode on the Ten Commandments, what they mean, what Jesus said about them, all that good stuff. But today we're going to focus on the story. So if you have more questions about that, go check those out. But as God did this, as God was giving these instructions, the people trembled at seeing God's presence. I wonder what it sounded like, like with God giving him these. Was it like this booming voice, like out of the thunderstorm or whatever it may be? Moses said, don't don't be afraid. It's all good. You just stay at the foot of the mountain. Just don't come up. We'll be good. So, so God continued after the Ten Commandments, and um, he gave some additional instructions as well. And so the Ten Commandments are the ones that you'll see on posters and all that kind of stuff. But that wasn't where he stopped. He gave commandments on slavery, which I think is, um, you know, this is one of the things that when people look at the Bible, they have a little bit of a struggle with. You know, what God's commanding here is is basically saying, Knowing that slavery is part of the culture of that time, this is the right way to do it. This is this is what it should look like if you're set apart and you're holy. And this is, if you're my people, this is what it would look like. Well, and I think it's important to note that the culture as a whole was completely different than where we are. Oh, yeah. You know, today, obviously. So much so that these people, these leaders, especially these kings, mm-hmm. had concubines. So it wasn't even a monogamous thing. Yeah. You know, even God said, had had rules for that, too. Right. There was obviously slavery. God talked about stoning people. And, and we're going to get into some of those, but there were just so many different things that we would look at and say that we could never do that. Yeah. But back then, different world. It was okay. It was a different world. I mean, again, we, we've talked about it a little bit, but this was, this was the late Bronze Age. 
so so think about what society was then, and this is what God's saying. Okay, and and culture as it is today, with what you have, with what you know, this is what it means to be set apart. And so some of these things that, like you said, we couldn't fathom today. They they were part of it. Yeah, that's just part of it. Well, and and let me also note here that you know uh, we just. But Bill, you just said the Ten Commandments say do not murder, but you said they stone people. It says do not murder, didn't say do not kill. There's a difference. Go back and listen to 35 and 36. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Another thing that he talked about was personal injury. So basically what was required, what kind of repayment was required when uh, someone got hurt or their property was damaged. He even talked about like... If you accidentally killed somebody's livestock or something like that, it gets kind of nitty gritty in there. But basically, if, if if there's some kind of injury that happens, this is how you work through it. There was another one about laws about theft and personal property, how that works in their society. They identified capital offenses. Um, what's interesting, the, the three things that they identified as the capital offenses were sorcery, bestiality, and worshiping other gods. It's like, well, Very interesting. It's a short list, but it kind of, you know, okay, that kind of makes sense. <laughs> One of these, bestiality, doesn't really fit in. Although, I wonder if, um, you know, maybe that had to do something with worshiping other gods. And so, that that would kind of tie the, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Hmm. That is interesting, considering the imagery of what Satan Satanists use for, you know, with the whole goat thing mm, and, and all that. That's so true. Maybe that's a lead up to yeah. stay away from that. On the spiritual side of things, obviously. There's many other reasons to stay away from it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Then there were, there were some laws about protecting the vulnerable, right? The the orphans and the widows and, and the expectation that the society is going to take care of them. Which, man, what if we had more of that going on today? I'm just mm-hmm. going to throw that out there. They also had laws about sabbaths and festivals that were established to point people back to god so we talked about you know consecrating yourself being cleansed and all that stuff before meeting with god the the sabbaths and the festivals were kind of alongside that in reminding people of what god did for them right so the passover is kind of the obvious one that we've talked about that they celebrated every year to remind them of the exodus from egypt but they had several others to help remind them of the good things God had done. And really, that's no different than when we celebrate things, you know, July 4th. It's, mm-hmm. it's remembering the Revolutionary War and, and all of the the heroics of George Washington and all that, right? Same same idea, but on a spiritual level with God. Well, and on a, I think in this time, probably a much larger level. I mean, if you even think, you know, how many years ahead till we get to Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. That on the Passover, didn't they go to Jerusalem? They would all kind of caravan to another city. Yeah. So once they were in Canaan, yeah, they would uh, they would all travel to the temple in Jerusalem. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that was a big deal. Like yeah. they took that extremely seriously. Yeah. And we're doing good to wake up every Sunday and go to church. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. We're dealing with persecution if it's raining on a Sunday morning. Right. right. Like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, speaking of festivals, though, you know, yesterday evening, we were able to do Fields of Faith for the youth, mm-hmm. which is really cool. I mean, I'm not going to put it on the scale of a festival, but it's, you know, a couple hundred kids getting together and mm-hmm. uh, worshiping to some worship music, full band, big, yeah. big sound, some really cool testimonies given by some other folks, uh, awesome. teachers and, and uh, some college students came in and gave their testimonies and lots of prayer time. And, and this is my third year of being able to help out with that. And mm-hmm. it was a really cool uh, event to 
get to celebrate God like that. And it's not even close to the way they did way back then. Yeah. But it was still a good time to set aside to remember what God has done for us and what he will do for us if we would just accept him. That's right. That's right. You know, I think it's interesting that he talks about Sabbaths at the same time as talking about festivals because Mm -hmm. it's the the Sabbath against the seventh day of the week in their culture. It would have been, I think, Saturday night into Sunday in our in our current week. So sundown on Saturday was the start of Sabbath. And it's interesting that he included it in that because that means that something that happens every week is just as important for our relationship with God and maintaining that and remembering who God is as these big festivals. Right. Just like going to church on Sunday morning is a big part of that. And, and you know, that connection with God is just as important as the big events like Fields of Faith, as Passion, as all that. It's all of it together is how you have that relationship with God and you build on that. Well said. So after that, he gave Moses some very specific instructions on how to build the tabernacle that they were going to carry around with them in the wilderness. Um, and also the holy items that Aaron and the priests were going to use. So they're everything from the clothes that the priests were going to wear to uh, the altar. Uh, there's a thing called the Ark of the Covenant. Um, all of this stuff. He gave Moses some very specific instructions, even told him who was going to build it, who he was going to give the skills to build it, which we're going to talk about that in a little while um, in a couple episodes about building the tabernacle. Really cool story around that. But this is where he told Moses how to do it. So when God had finished giving him all these instructions, God had, had inscribed the law on two stone tablets and he gave them to Moses. Said, okay, this is the law, right? This is my expectation for you, so to speak. This is how I'm calling you to live. and. And these were to be serve as a reminder for the people of all the things God had done, all the things he commanded them to do. But uh, a little bit of a cliffhanger here. Would not take long at all for the Israelites to mess this up. <laughs> we'll get into that next week. But where we, where we leave off today, God has given Moses the law. He's told it to him. And he's given him these tablets to tell him, is it set, set the bar for the Israelites? It doesn't take us long to mess up at all, does it? No. Another important reason we need to uh, be in church every Sunday uh, <laughs> to remind us. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're supposed to be living for this guy. <laughs> Not for ourselves. And that's, I mean, that is one of the biggest things for me is getting, being able to go and kind of reset and remind yeah. myself to keep pushing forward and, yeah. and to keep relying on him to take care of us. Yeah. Because without that, uh, well, I mean, I've been there. I, I spent half my life and without, nope, three quarters of my life without <laughs> church. And, I was on a bad track, so it was. It's been much better. Yeah, getting back into it now, and I know, and I've said this before. I know that if I stopped, or if I decided, that's ah, okay to miss this Sunday. Mm-hmm. Ah, it's okay to miss this. Sun-. It's going to get worse because yeah. Satan's going to be working on that. Yeah, and, absolutely. And my laziness is going to work on that. So, <laughs> yeah, every time. I mean, and this is true of just sin in general. Every time you give in once it's like it's a little bit easier the next time a little bit easier the next time mm-hmm. yeah that's one of the interesting things with the importance of church in different generations you go back you know a couple of generations and everybody went to church that's just what mm-hmm. you did but it wasn't you know the next generation it wasn't as important like oh yeah we'll go but you know we may take a sunday here or there and then the next generation oh what's well, you know we, we can go once a month that's fine and like mm-hmm. and eventually you, you you just don't go but it's you know it, it's that way with everything. Yeah. Um, so, well, I equate it. You know, I always use the example of when I used to smoke. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I equate it to that. Like I've been, I haven't smoked in about seven years now, mm-hmm. but I know if I do, I've been invited, you know, Hey, let's go have cigars. Let's go have drinks and cigars or whatever. I go have drinks, but if I go have one cigar, I'm going to want more and more and more and I'm going to get hooked again. Yeah. It'll be a tailspin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have to decide on what I want and keep doing that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whether that's going to church on Sunday. Like, right. This is my life. It's not something I do. It is my life. It's my lifestyle. Or do I want to be a non-smoker? Yeah. Because if I, if I break that covenant with myself, it's all over. Yeah. It's done. Absolutely. So... Thanks for that cliffhanger there. <laughs> I can't wait to see what we're going to talk about next week. <laughs> we we talked about it a little bit before, but what is this? How does this point to Jesus um, with the law? Because he seems to say completely different things about the law. He does. He does. So one of uh, Jesus' most famous sermons is uh, what we call the Sermon on the Mount. It's in Matthew 5 through 7. If you ever want to go read that, it's really good stuff. But in that sermon... He, he, one of the things he tells them is he didn't come to abolish the law, to put, but to fulfill it. And so basically what he means is that he didn't come to say, hey, it's a free for all. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> but rather in all the ways that we can't keep up with it, all the ways we can't do it like God called us to, he's, he takes care of that. And so uh, lest anyone should might, might think that uh, God's standards have gotten easier since Jesus came, it's actually the opposite. Um, and Jesus gives a few examples in Matthew 5 about ways that, you know, this is what the law says, but God's standards are higher. And so just walking through a few of them, he says, you have heard it said, do not murder. But I say, whoever is angry with your brother or sister is subject to judgment. I had plenty of times being angry myself, uh, even just today. It, it's a hard issue. Uh, next one, you've heard it said, don't commit adultery. I say, whoever looks upon a woman lustfully has committed adultery in his heart. You have heard it said, whoever divorces his wife must give her a written notice. But I say, if you divorce her except for sexual immorality, you're causing her to commit adultery. You're pushing that on her. You have heard it said that you must not break your oath. But I say, don't make any oaths against heaven or earth, right? We were talking about that a little bit with taking God's name in vain. Jesus says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Just be honest. Do what you say you're going to do. You have heard it said that an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth but I say, if he slaps, you turn the other cheek. And last one, you've heard it said to love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. And so basically what Jesus says, look, you may think that when I say that God loves you and, and that you're saved by your faith in me and your faith in God, you may think, okay, it's a free for all. You can do whatever you want. But what he's really saying is, the law doesn't even really meet God's standard. It's just the following the law is like, it's like putting band-aids on the symptoms, but really all, all of us have a heart issue. We all have a sin issue. The good news is that the expectation is not perfection. The expectation is not that we're able to do all of these things that Jesus talks about. In fact, the reason Jesus told us these things is to show us that we can't meet that standard, that we can't do it. He did. He lived a perfect life. He he died for us and he rose again three days later so that we could be saved. And all we have to do is, is accept that free gift. Um, and in accepting that, just saying, hey, I know I'm a sinner. I can't do it on my own. I know Jesus came, lived a perfect life and died for me. So I'm going to follow that guy. And that's what it's all about. But it's interesting to to read the law 
and whether you're reading it out of Exodus or in the book of Leviticus and all the different things that are there. And then to see Jesus raises the bar, it's like, man, that's who could do that? And the answer is nobody. Only one guy could and only one guy did. Well, even before Jesus came on the scene and said this, when we look at the Ten Commandments, I can tell you I've broken every one of them except murder. <laughs> yeah. So if I couldn't follow those, then following these are even that much harder. Right. So I am extremely thankful that God knows I can't meet this standard. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I love that you said, though, it's not a free-for-all. Mm-hmm. It's a come to me because you're going to sin and then let me forgive you. Mm-hmm. That's Jesus talking, of course, not me. <laughs> um, come to Bill. <laughs> <laughs> because without him, we'd all be bound for hell. Yeah. So don't keep trying in vain and trying to do it all on your own. You're not going to be able to. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's what it's all about. With all that being said, then, so Moses has just come off the mountain. God's just given him the Ten Commandments to take down to the people, mm-hmm. to give them some standards to live by. Mm-hmm. This is a pretty big thing that's happening right here. I mean, we don't really even have to leave this area because there's mm-hmm. so much going on. Yeah. What would you consider this, this week? Mm-hmm. Some other big events going on. Yeah. <laughs> so... One of the things that is interesting in talking about this story is where it actually happened. There's actually been some debate about where Mount Sinai is, where because it's, it's such a big event, it's a, such a big deal. So where where did this take place? And in fact, it's one of the things that historians have talked about is for the for those who believe that this happened, that the Exodus happened. Um, some some deny. We talked about that before, but anyway, they say okay. So what what's the most logical route for them to go? Where Mount Sinai is and where where they've kind of placed it is actually at the southern tip of the Sinai Peninsula, which is now part of Egypt. Um, and so if you're looking at their route and you're looking at Egypt, they're in the northern part. And then they, they cross the Red Sea or the Sea of Reeds through there. And they come all the way down south to the southern tip of the peninsula. And that's Mount Sinai. It's interesting to think about because if they had taken a straight shot east, they would have ended up in the promised land right away. But that's not where God took them. And so just kind of a little fun fact about where this stuff took place down in the southern tip. It kind of makes you wonder why God led them that way. But, you know, they they had faith. They kept following. And uh, yeah, it all worked out for them in the end. <laughs> that it did. So is that confirmed that they know where it is now? That's the consensus. That's okay. the consensus of where it happened. Yeah. Okay. I wonder how long it took for them to, for that to become the big tourist spot. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's. It feels like there's still some debate about it. I didn't see where they thought other places, um, just that it was a debated topic. But but I think the reason it's debated is because it, it doesn't, from a geographical standpoint, if you were, like I said, if you were going to plot from where they started to where they ended, you wouldn't go there. They, there's no reason to go that way. But you know what? God does some crazy things sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, because he, he needed to be in that area, first of all, to defeat the Amalekites. Right, right. Maybe that was well. He's already wiped out the Egyptians, so he didn't. They weren't still running from them. Mm-hmm. I wonder where Canaan is along there. So they come further south than where Canaan is. Oh, okay. 
So if you're looking at the peninsula, they kind of go around the outside edge of it. Okay, so they got to still go back up to Canaan mm-hmm. to get to it. So they're still taking a long route. Around. They're taking a long route to get Interesting. there. Interesting. I yeah. wonder if in following uh, chapters, we'll see why they took that route. I don't know. I don't either, because I haven't read that far ahead yet. <laughs> we'll let you know. <laughs> as soon as we know, you'll you'll find out. That's right. But but it is it, it is one of those you know just kind of as a little spiritual aside, I guess. Sometimes the route that God takes us on is not the most direct. Yeah, um, that's for sure. You look at where where I started and where I ended up. Just I mean, we'll just talk about career path real quick. You know, I graduated in petroleum engineering, and now I'm a project manager for a HVAC and plumbing company. I couldn't explain it. I don't know how. I, I mean, I do know how I ended up here, but it wasn't the most direct path. Yeah. Um, sometimes God takes you on a winding road to get where you're going so that you've got experiences along the way and certain things. And so, you know, there's a reason for it. We may not fully understand it, but we know the stories, right? We know what happened. So something along that way, God and, had in store for him. And we can relate to what they've done because of that you know, roundabout yeah. way that we go sometimes. It may not be as physical as them. Right. You know, 300 miles out of the way or whatever that looks like. Yeah. But we can go out of the way to get to all kinds of destinations, spiritually, emotionally, mm-hmm. physically. It just just depends on where, where we are. You know, I'm really working mm-hmm. on trying to uh, enjoy life day by day instead of mm-hmm. trying to worry about where I'm at in the future. Yeah. Where I'm going to be. And it's tough because I strive so hard to build a life that I want. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've come to realize that I might not even have this job in two years. Hmm. You never know. Never know. I yeah. didn't think I could lose all of my clients uh, all at once because of the way my business is set up. But then COVID hit. <laughs> I had no, you know. Um, yeah. We're okay. We're back. But it didn't shut us down. But, you know, I, I would have never thought that would have happened. So, yeah. Who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? Yeah. So don't worry about the future and trusting God to take care of it, right? That's right. That's right. That's all you can do. Yeah. Well, on that note, why don't we close on out of here? I think this has been a good episode. We're I know we're running a little bit longer. I appreciate y'all uh, staying with us on these uh, as we record. There's just so much more to talk about as we get deeper into the laws and, well, really the things that directly apply to us. Yeah. You know, we're not necessarily running from the Egyptians, uh, but but we can still relate to that because usually we're running from something. That's right. So we appreciate y'all hanging in there for these longer ones. And uh, I don't know if we're going to get back to shorter ones, but we'll see. <laughs> I hope you're enjoying them. If you're not, let us know. Yeah. And we'll see what kind of adjustments we can make. Uh, but Matt, that being said, why don't you get us on out of here? All right. If you do have any comments, questions, or concerns, shoot us a note at info at simplifyjesus.com. We'd love to hear from you guys. Let us know how we're doing. Be sure to check us out on social media and keep up with the latest from Simplify Jesus. Uh, Facebook and Twitter is where we like to hang out the most. Comment, like, share there. Get the word out about what we got going on. You can also keep up with the latest from Simplify Jesus at www.simplifyjesus.com. And finally, if you can't find us where you like to listen to podcasts, let us know. We would love to be there. But... If you've got an Alexa, all you got to say is, hey, Alexa, play Simplify Jesus podcast, and uh, she'll take care of it for you. With that being said, hope everybody has a great week. See ya.